sticks to that. The uh, Oswald for today will be September 28th. September 28th, the go of unconditional identification says, One thing thou lacks, come take up the cross and follow me. Out of Mark 10. It says, The rich young ruler had the master passion to be perfect. When he saw Jesus Christ, he wanted to be like him. Our Lord never puts personal holiness to the fore when he calls a disciple, he puts absolute annihilation of my right to myself. And, uh, and identification with himself, a relationship with himself in which there is no other relationship. This Luke 14, 26 has nothing to do with salvation or sanctification, but with unconditional identification with Jesus Christ. Because very few of us know the absolute go of abandonment to Jesus. It says he puts annihilation of my right to myself, right? So that rich young ruler, what was that annihilation in his life? It was all his riches. He had to give up everything that he had. He said, go and sell everything you have and follow me. And he's like, but I'm really rich. That's a lot. And he couldn't make that choice. He couldn't get past that hurdle. He, he, he couldn't do it. He wouldn't relinquish. It says, then Jesus beholding him, loves him. The look of Jesus' will will mean a heart broken forever from allegiance to any other person or thing. Has Jesus ever looked at you? The look of Jesus transforms and transfixes. Where you are soft with God is where the Lord has looked at you. If you are hard and vindictive, insistent on your own way, certain that the other person is more likely to be in the wrong than you are, it is an indication that there are whole tracks of your nature that have never been transformed by his gaze. As one thing thou lacks, the only good thing from Jesus Christ's point of view is union with himself and nothing in between. Just sell whatsoever thou hast. I must reduce myself until I am a mere conscious man. I must fundamentally renounce possessions of all kinds. Not to save my soul, only one thing saves a man absolute reliance upon Jesus Christ, but in order to follow Jesus. Just come and follow me, and the road is the way he went. So that's that aspect of selling everything basically emptying your life and all of our lives in order to be able to follow in order to be able to keep that reliance on God so scripture for today we're going to start in John 3 Uh, starting in verse 27, so John 3, starting in 27. It says, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. As you yourselves bear me witness that I said, that I, said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. As he that has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which stands and hears him 
rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This, my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, that I must decrease. He that comes from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthy and speaks of the earth. He that comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no man receives his testimony. He that has received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, and God gives not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life, and he that believes not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. We're going to Romans 6. Romans 6, verse 3 to 6. It says, Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. It says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. It says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. A lot of finality to that, isn't there? Yes. That's what we struggle with, is having finality in our lives. This is Romans 8, verse 28. More than conquerors, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. See how there's stepping stones in there? So he predestinated us. Before we were even born, God called us. He called everybody to be his children. But then it goes on who he called, he also justified. So he works on that aspect. I think a lot in our lives, we stop that justification with our own selves. We stop that process that he's trying to do and work out in us because of things we won't give up because of our thoughts, our emotions, our, just our own pride. So he works on justifying us. And then after you're justified, he glorifies you. And I think that glory would be that last day. That'd be that last thing. That'd be that end thing, you know, to get to that point of seeing him. We talked about that today, too. Never quit. You got to keep moving forward. First Corinthians chapter one. <laughs> so first Corinthians chapter one, starting in verse 18, the foolishness of the world's wisdom. As for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. So where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? 
For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, uh, starting in verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 9. Does know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do we know that? So be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. It says, in such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. We go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. So 2 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 4, says, For though he was crucified through weakness... Yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. It says, examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know you, know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. But I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I say to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that you should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Go to Galatians chapter 13. I'm sorry, Galatians 2. Galatians 2, verse 16. So Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, but by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. 
I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So that I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ would be dead in vain. Galatians chapter 3, 1 through 5 says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you, receive you the Spirit, by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain? Says he, therefore, that ministers to you the Spirit, and works miracles among you. Does he it by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 12 says, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. You guys follow that? They're saying basically, like, come to you so that we can feel better about ourselves. Like, be circumcised, be a part of what we believe, not a part of what, you know, like what Paul is teaching to the Galatians. So it's saying, and they did that so that they didn't have to have to suffer persecution for the cross. It says, For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. It says, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. It says, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. We go to Philippians chapter 1. It says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Philippians chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 7.
It says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. It's just doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. As brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. This is nevertheless whereto we have already attained. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Chapter 3. We're going to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 13. Called to the obtaining of Christ's glory. It says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brothers, beloved of the Lord. Because God has, from the beginning, chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. As whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even the Father, which has loved us and has given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. So 1 Timothy chapter 4. Starting in verse 6. It says, If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto you have obtained. So but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness as for bodily exercise profits little but godliness is profitable unto all things having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come because this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men especially of those that believe as these things Command and teach. First Timothy chapter six. Verse six. It says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Says for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, 
which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickens all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that you keep this commandment without spot and rebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only has immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man has seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 19. Says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are his, and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee youthful lusts, flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender stripes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Hebrews chapter 10. Starting in verse 7. It says, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings, and offering for sin, thou would not, neither has pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, 
from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected for them forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. Says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. First Peter chapter 1. Chapter 1 verse 13. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts of your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be you holy, for I am holy. There's Peter chapter 2. <clears throat> Verse 6. It says, Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believes on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Second Peter chapter one. Verse three. It says according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And the last one is 1 John chapter 3. Entitled, Let No Man Deceive You. So it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. 
But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abides in him sins not. Whosoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest in the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loves not his brother. And there's your message. Did you guys see the pathway through that one? Yep. I was talking about being called. How that God called us. How that he was going to sanctify us and prepare us and bring us to, to glory. And then throughout the message, it talked about all the steps of how to get there. Of giving up those things that are sin, those things that are, I mean, it brought up lust, what, three, four times in there? Cast down your lust, get rid of your lust, your childish lust, all those things. And setting, being set apart and called into him. So it's that aspect that we can't look and say we don't know, because he just told us. He just showed us a way, told us what not to do, told us what to do. And then said, now you have to stick to that path. You have to make your own choice. And then let me work that out in your life every day. So that's what we've got to do. All comes back to choices.